Well, I knew this morning with uh, all that was taking place and our NNU guest and various uh, Ponderé event kind of things that we would not have a great deal of time this morning. So this is more of, this maybe not a full sermon, more what you might call a sermonette, maybe, um, if that's a word. But um, there are so many ways that we can look at pieces of Scripture. You know we've talked about that many times before. And uh, there's no way to fully examine each piece in one sitting. So I'm going to invite you this morning to just look from maybe one perspective as we look at the Gospel of Luke. I invite you to stand for the reading of the Gospel, Luke chapter 13, starting at verse 10. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She had bent over and could not straighten it up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord Jesus answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey or from a stall and lead it to give water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what has bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things that he was doing. It is unexpected and it is often agonizing. When you reach over to pick up a package or you bend down to tie your shoe or you reach down waiting for that child that is running towards you when all of a sudden you know it happens in an instant. A man who wants to testify right there. The wrench, the tweak, the tear, the muscle, the, the disc, the nerve, something goes offline and you know it immediately. You didn't really do anything that you could look back at. Sometimes it's just the oddest thing, but, but, but in a twitch of a muscle and certainly not the twinkle of an eye, all of a sudden moving becomes misery. If you, even if you've never been a person who has studied anatomy and doesn't really understand how all that works, you all of a sudden become very much an expert that the back is tied to every other piece of your body. When you have back issues, it affects your elbows, it affects your toes, it affects everything. That, that spinal cord, that, that highway of nerves, when something happens there, your entire body knows about it. In this week's Gospel text, Jesus deals head-on with the debilitating back issue. The woman Jesus sees in the synagogue, the woman he calls forward without her ever seeking him out, she she, unlike many others, she doesn't go to Jesus and ask for something. Jesus sees her and goes to her. She is bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. Luke's text doesn't tell us anything about this woman. We don't know if she's rich or poor, a pillar or a pariah, someone who is honored or ostracized. All we know is that she is perceived to have had a spirit that has crippled her and has bent her in half for 18 years. We also know that despite the affliction, she, she still attended the synagogue worship that day. Jesus goes into action. He heals the woman, but not because of any expression of faith on her part, at least not outwardly. I mean, she does respond to the healing 
by, by praising God when it's over. But, but prior, Jesus laying hands on her, we, we hear nothing of her faithfulness. We know nothing of her piety. Jesus' response to the woman who was bent over appears to be a spontaneous, overwhelming moment of compassion. Something about the body of this woman who had been shaped into a question mark kind of a shape for the last 18 years. Jesus strongly reacts to it. He doesn't hesitate, and he brings wholeness to this woman who has lived a life at half-staff for the last 18 years. No matter how many calcium supplements you take, no matter how often you lift weights at the gym, no matter how many bone-strengthening injections you take, or those glucosa and then mean and mine and moan, or whatever those pills are that we all have in our cabinets, no matter how many you take, age catches up and gravity does win. We shrink, we bend, we break, we shrivel. It is part of the human condition. But there's another inevitable part of the human condition that bends us down and bows us over. It is the weight of life. Sometimes it's the weight of sin. And sometimes it's the weight of failure. The weight of the should-haves and the what-ifs. The weight of losing and longing. The weight that brings us down low. It is a weight that bends us down in our spirit long before our skeletal structure succumbs to gravity. Regardless of our physical condition, we often can find ourselves with a crippled spirit. We start to feel the weight of the world upon our shoulders. No matter what our age, we know that something should be better. We know we don't measure up. And time after time, through the circumstances of life, sometimes the choices we make, sometimes the choices people make for us, we begin to bend down and our spirit locks up little by little by little. Sometimes it happens slow, so slowly we don't even recognize it's taking place until one day we recognize when we're honest with ourselves we're living with a crippled spirit. Can I ask you to be honest with yourself today? What is weighing you down today? Is it physical pain? Is it financial debt? Is it the depth charge of depression? Is it chronic disease? Is it a family in crisis? Is it Is it a family that's far away and unknowing? Is it challenging of of school? Is it your children's welfare? Or is it a host of a whole bunch of other things? We are all bent people. Life bends us all. In fact, life can provide an endless supply of weight upon our back. And those weights bend our body and they bend our spirit. Jesus delivered the woman who was bent down from the weight of life by offering her an identity. Sometimes I think maybe when I've read this, I have missed this before. Jesus doesn't call this woman the woman who is crippled. He, she doesn't, he doesn't call this woman by her illness. He doesn't call her um, defining her by her weakness or her bentness. When Jesus calls her, he uses the true identity. He sees inside her and he calls her a daughter of Abraham. Jesus doesn't identify her by her circumstance, doesn't identify her by her struggle. He sees her for who she is. Do you understand that that's how God sees you? Do you understand that that's how, that's how we're called to even see ourselves? So you have diabetes. You are not a diabetic first. You're a child of God with diabetes. You suffer from depression. You're not a bipolar. You're a child of God. 
with bipolar disorder. You have osteoporosis. You're not an osteoporetic. You're a child of the king, first and foremost, who struggles with osteoporosis. You have arthritis. You're not an arthritic. You're a son and daughter of Abraham with arthritis. Your weights and burdens and diseases and disorders, they are not what defines you. What defines you is the God who creates you. And the God who creates you calls you son or daughter. That old hymn of 1877, I am a child of the King, a child of the King, with Jesus my Savior. I'm a child of the King. But you see, it's one thing for us to sing songs like that. It's another thing for us to actually believe it. It's one thing for us to come to church and recognize in our head that's true. It's another thing to actually live that true in our heart. And when this woman is, is touched by the living Lord, he identifies her as a daughter of Abraham. And in that glorious identity as a child of God, she was recharged and reborn. You see, to be touched by God is to be called a child of God. The circumstances and the weight of life, they bend and they can cripple us, but it doesn't need to define us and it doesn't need to cripple our spirits. In fact, God wants to set our spirit free of that kind of brokenness and bentness. We will always have the circumstances. We will always have the, the consequences. We will always have the choices and we will always have the sin that is a part of this life. But that doesn't mean that our spirit can't be one that is lived in the fullness of the God who created us. We are now able to live longer through medical science. I don't know that that's always an obvious gift. For those who have ever cared for or have known someone with Alzheimer's, it is a challenge to continue to find the humanity in the mind and body that has been bent in half by the disease of dementia. No other disease shows so human strength and weakness at the same time. The irresistible spirit and the brokenness of Alzheimer's. Disease that brings the curtain down on the brain while the body continues to function. The spirit remains alive even though communication becomes almost impossible. And yet there are these moments, these possibilities of hope for reaching out and for a moment to fix the bentness and the brokenness of existence. Relational therapist Naomi Feli reaches out to those who have been bent in half by Alzheimer's and other brain diseases. She believes there is always the possibility for healing moments, for reaching out and straightening out the bent and the broken parts of our existence that remain inside of us. Naomi connects with these friends through gentle touch. The touch of a mother, she calls it. She bathes the soul in familiar music. Naomi reaches out to the severely bent and broken, like the women of the gospel this morning. She treats them not as doddering seniles, but as children of God. I want to invite you for a few moments to watch the video about a daughter of Abraham named Gladys Wilson. And you will watch as she is treated with eye contact and gentle words, with familiar songs and soothing touch. Notice how often the bent and the broken can stand up and reconnect. Notice what happens when a person is looked at in love. Take a look. 
when people are very old and deteriorated and no one enters their world and they're just sitting there, they will withdraw inward more and more. And their desperate need for, for connection is all now inside. And if a person is all alone, even if they're very, very deteriorated, there's a longing for this kind of closeness. Mrs. Wilson, hello. You want me to sit? Can you see me good? Gladys Wilson is a wonderful example of a person who is in the phase of repetitive motion where people use movements, repetitive movements, because they don't have any more speech or very little speech, but they have human needs that need to be expressed. You cry. You're crying. I have a tear right here in your face. You have a little pain. You want me to touch you. You're very sad. Can you see me? Is it scary? You're afraid? And if this person sits with their eyes closed, rocking back and forth, and maybe there's a tear coming down, there's a need there. There's a little tear that's coming out. Do you feel it? You feel a little tear? If you gently use touch, and I touched Gladys Wilson for the fingertips right here on the cheek is where the mother usually touches a child. If you touch an infant there, it looks up, and every cell remembers where it was touched by the mother. And often that person knows, even if they can't say a word at that moment, they won't talk, but, or they don't want to talk, but there's, there's a communication, and that person is no longer alone. Can you let me in a little bit, you think, just a little? You think I could be with you and Jesus for a minute? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. I used music, because when speech is gone, Music, especially with Gladys Wilson, it was religious music because there's emotion tied to it and safety tied to it. So I used her old church songs. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. What I did was, when she moved, I moved with her. And when I was singing, because she didn't sing with me, so I matched the intensity of my voice to the intensity of her movement. And pretty soon, for a split second, we became one person. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So at one point, when she got very quiet and very peaceful, and my voice became very quiet as hers and very peaceful and my breathing slowed to her breathing, she pulled me to her and I moved with her. And for her at that moment, I believe I was a symbol of, of her mom. 
We'll save more. Yes. Can you see? He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. The breakthrough doesn't happen every time. The person will not always look their, open their eyes and look at you. But if you keep trying and you send, keep centering yourself and uh, really look at that person and really mirror their movements, maybe not this time, but the next time you come, you'll have a communication. You feel safe? You feel safe? Yeah. With Jesus? We are all locked up in some way. Not like Gladys Wilson, who was locked up inside with Alzheimer's. We are we are locked up, some of us in spirit, some of us maybe even seized up because of the circumstances of life and the stuff that has taken place and the things we live through and the things we're going through I'm afraid that at times those things begin to callous us in such a way that our very spirit becomes crippled to the point that it's as hidden away as Gladys is in a physical we protect ourselves. We try to place ourselves in spots where we don't allow our spirit to really be hurt or touched any longer. But in treating each other as Jesus treats this woman, as a son or a daughter of Abraham, as a child of the King, God's desire is that He would release us from prisoners and He would set us free. I don't know. I don't know what locks you up today. I don't know what bends you over in your spirit. Can I just say, and maybe it's just the one of you today. Maybe it's just one who needs to hear it. Can I just say to you today, you are a child of the King. You don't have to live with a spirit that is crippled. And I think that somebody needs to hear that today. You might be living in some broken moments. You might be living in some broken circumstances. You might be living in some broken relationships. Don't let those things callous away the Spirit of God that is wants to work in the midst of who you are. Because God's greatest desire is to set you free. That doesn't mean that the circumstances of your life will change. It doesn't mean the relationships of your life will change. But God's intent is for your spirit 
to be lived as a son or a daughter of his. He doesn't define you by your relationships and he doesn't define you about, by your stuff. He doesn't define you by your illness. He doesn't define you by any of those things. He defines you as his child and that ought to be enough for every one of us in this place. Jesus loves and Jesus has come to, to set free the locked up life. And maybe it's just one you're living in that crippled spirit today where the circumstances have caused you to just pull back and bury yourself can I just say to you today that God wants to look at you with the kind of love that was looked in the eyes of Gladys and tell you it is safe it is safe to let him in it's safe to let your spirit be who he's called you to be Pastor Mike's going to pray or play for a moment. We're just going to take one minute. And I just want you to listen to the, to the Holy Spirit. I want you to talk to God however you would talk to Him today. To examine our hearts and our lives. If we've been broken, God's in the business of healing. You are not your circumstance. You are not the labels that others have placed on you. You are a son and daughter of God himself. Let's bow our heads and listen and invite God in the midst of our broken spirits. Take my body Build it out May it be broken as an offering of love For I have nothing I have nothing Without you And oh my soul So need all your love to cover me so Father, we come before you today recognizing that we, on this side, on this side of heaven, we live as a bent people. And we live in broken circumstance. We live sometimes in places that, if we're not careful, can callous over the very core of who you've created us to be. So God, my prayer is that for someone or someones in this place, that we might come before you today and invite you to come and touch the very spirit, the very core of who we are. To bring your healing touch. To bring a reminder that you love us. And in the midst of our stuff, you still love us. 
And in the midst of life, you love us. And you sent your son that we might have life with you. God, if there's bent down and broken spirits here today, we invite your healing touch to come upon. May we stand tall as children of the King. God, of course, we pray for our circumstance. We pray for those things that have brought calluses to our spirit. But God, first and foremost, we are not defined by those. Those are not eternal things. But our relationship with you is what we hold on to. We invite you to bring healing. We long for you to bring wholeness to brokenness. And for us to be reminded, we will face circumstance this week. We will always face stuff. But we are children of the King. Sons and daughters of the Most High. We are not defined by anything less than by the God who created us. So Lord, thank you. Thanks for coming in this place. And may, may there be those who stand taller and straighter today spirit. May there be those who stand taller and straighter, not just on this day, but all the week through, that when the, the stuff comes along, we are reminded that you are a God who is a rock that is not moved. And we will trust in you. <laughs> How blessed we are to be children I just remind you this week that you will be in places and with people that are as locked up to God and in their spirit as Gladys was in her body. And it is our job as, as the incarnation of Christ to our world to be his hands and feet and to come and to love and to look them in the face love them like Jesus would love them until their broken spirit understands they too are sons and, God and daughters of God most high. Blessing on your mission as you love people well and may your spirit stand tall and unbent because you're a child of the King. Lord bless you as you go.